Welcome to the Lords of Loud. We're four music fans from Australia who've turned our old email debates into this podcast. I'm Lord Ben, and if we were the Beatles, I'd obviously be the smart one, but modest too. With me as always is Lord Brett, the funny one, only because we've seen him dance, Lord Kev, the quiet one, because he can't clip on a mic, and Lord Al, the cute one, with the perfect face for any podcast. Welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Yes. And thank you very much for joining us again on another wonderful episode here. Guaranteed wonderful. <laughs> Guaranteed wonderful or your money back. Mm-hmm. All right. So on tonight's episode, this is a, this is a uh, continue or not continuation. So it's another episode of our important albums. It's series. a second wind. So this is, <laughs> this is the second wind <laughs> of the important albums. This is volume two. Important albums, volume two. Is that... Not so important now because <laughs> the first one was on volume one. So what's going oh, on? Here? It's even more important. Also more important. I think ah. it's going to be important in a different way. Could be important oh, yeah. in a different way. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, of course, we have to do our very popular episode, Album of the Week. And Kev, I believe you've got an Album of the Week this week. We do have Album of the Week this week. And I dedicated it to my lovely wife, Heidi. Um, no, ten years married this year. Oh. Yay. And our third time this year of seeing the Moon Jewel. The Moon Duo. Moon Duo, the nice. um, wonderful American psychedelic rock album, uh, rock group, and um, the offshoot of Wooden Ships. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moon Duo became a trio, in fact. <laughs> um, they were previously the just the two of them doing their psychedelic thing, and uh, we saw them live, and there was three of them. And weirdly enough, Heidi and I had brought along our best man um, to that show. Mm-hmm. So um, the psychedelic connections were just mm-hmm. non-stop, wow. off chops. Incredible. Uh, Stars Are the Light is the title of the 2019 release. Yep. And um, I've got here the quote that their intention of this album is to connect the body to the stars. Ah. Uh, uh, Who's isn't? They do not miss their genre, let me tell you. Psychedelic, <laughs> you know, music at its yeah. absolute peak. Yep. Um, and a light show to match, I'll have to say. So, um, yeah, check nice out one. Stars mm. Are the Light. That's Very good. Mm. Enjoy it. All right, thanks, Kev. And tonight's sponsor album. Now we do like a bit of keys on this on this program. We do, we do. especially for yeah. a sponsor album. And we do tend the to we do tend to give the old Hammond uh, a bit of a bash. But tonight we have one of the classic. A bit of a, it's a Hammond organ for the uninitiated. That's mm. right. And you could Hammond probably organ, say we, we don't mind giving the Hammond organ a bit of a stroke, Hal. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Just like your mum. So tonight's sponsor. <laughs> Is another classic Polydor release, and this is Polydor, yeah. Hammond a Go Go, mm. uh, and Hammond a Went Went. This is this is James Last, uh, yes. who was a Hammond aficionado, uh, and on this there's uh, and what is what is good on this album, which I found very helpful actually, was that they they break down uh, the tracks into genres, dance genres. Nice. Ah. Okay, so we've got you know Foxtrot songs here. We've got Hello Dolly. Uh, Millard, Siesta Magnifique. Okay. Uh, then we've got Cha Cha songs. Yes. Uh, more more Foxtrot. So obviously that's how. Yeah. You know, if you're having a dance party, obviously that's the order you're supposed to do Covering it. Covering a lot of ground, isn't he, uh, James? Mm. We go into a Cuban a Cuban Fox. Oh. I think for the uh, young children, here. you shouldn't call it a dance party. We you would be having ah. a ballroom dance you're party, right. Mm. Right. or else people would be thinking that's they'd it. be taking lollipops <laughs> and dropping some yep. white tablets. And then we do, then we go into a bit of a samba. All right. Yeah. Time to get your glow sticks out. And then, this is the highlight of the night. This is when Mm -hmm. you you take your your partner by the hand and really, really put on the moves in the slow section. Oh. 
But yeah, so basically you, you stick this album on and it leads you through the whole evening of, uh, you know, how to uh, crack on to it's, your... It's going to get you leave. That's album. what you're seeing. It's going to get you leave. It's going to get you leave. Probably to go go. It's basically a Valentine's release. Does it have a polka at the end? Uh, it doesn't have a polka, <laughs> Al. That, no. That's only for you. Uh, that's that's how I end my evening. That's when you're phoning your Uber. That's right. Now, Lord Al, there has been some requests. People want to know how you get... How, how we how how are these sponsors picked for the show? If you want to run through our five step process for that, mm. oh, that'd sure be really good. Just because people mm. just want yeah. to know. Oh, look, we, we filter these things. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a rigorous selection process. Yeah, I mean, you can, oh well, I don't want to go into too many details. Yeah. A lot of a lot, a lot of it is trade secrets. So yeah, really that's, that's the thing. I think overall. It's all about quality, really. Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. you know, various There's metrics. benchmarks that they have to hit. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so, so what you're saying is our process is part of our intellectual property, which you're not willing to release yeah. well, at this point. Well, yeah, I'm a little hesitant. Maybe at some point. Maybe at some point in the future. But needless to say, you can win some of these albums. We will ship them out to you. Yeah, I mean, don't despair. We want to share the love of music. For those at home going, oh, God, I've got a dance party coming up next week. If only ballroom, I had Hammond to go go. A ballroom dance party. I need a bit of on, Throw on the old turntable for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got know, my pina coladas. Just reach out, reach out. <laughs> I've got my velour trousers. Reach out to us on social media. Just an album. That album, I will personally sign it and I will send it to you. Oh, sign. In yeah. the mail. Uh, increasing, we're with the value. increasing the value to mm. what three or four percent? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You'd be using the the royal seal on that one, wouldn't you, Lord? I'll be using the royal seal. <laughs> so tonight's topic. <laughs> what are we get into tonight, Ben? All right. So tonight's topic. We're talking about important albums, uh, volume two. So uh, yeah. who wants to kick us off with an album they feel that we didn't mention in the first show? Can Can I kick it off? You can, Brett. Can I kick it off? Um, like some other bands we've mentioned before, the na- this name of the album is also the name of the band because mm. it's their like debut. Those. It's their debut. Mm. Could be the same one I have, actually. Roxy Music, Roxy no, Music. No, it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, a great album. Uh, 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 early 70s. Mm. Uh, uh, the the fusion of art, music, fashion. Art rock, fashion, um, yep. and, and, yeah, that, I mm-hmm. guess some people would say... Uh, Instigators of glam, instigators of, mm-hmm. of art rock. And, and so what um, year? Oh, this is like 73? I thought 73. Two, maybe? Two, three? Two or three. Sorry about that. Let's check. Yep. So uh, really quite early. I you said so like when I think Roxy Music, I immediately... Oh, you're thinking me, Avalon, which is the end. Yes, I think more, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. And yeah, so no, no, this is the... That you'd be wrong. Yeah, well, that's, I would yeah, be th- wrong. Because this is... This is uh, it was, yeah, for those playing at home, it was 72. Right? 72, there you go. Wow. So this is okay. Brain in Yeah, this is the classic. This is the full this line. Is, this is full line. line. Yeah, and the playing the strain. Oh, yes. it's just, yeah. you're not familiar with this, Lord Al? I have heard some of the early uh, Roxy music. I didn't yeah. like it at all because it was too, no. yeah. well, I guess it was oh, too oh. hard rock. And for those playing at home, we are still looking for another member. Of <laughs> because, because I just like what I like. Because and I, I know you, I know you like the the we tend to split the Brian, three to one on yeah. the Brian, <laughs> I know you love the Brian Ferry one guy tuxedo talking sense uh, Martini Mahan singing Avalon to the girl mm. right I know that's yeah. your style but come back to what I love about this is is it's you know zero to one hundred these guys a lot of the guys in the band hadn't released. Yeah. You know, records, and then, wow, they put this thing on, and it just cut through. It's just... Uh, what yeah. what uh. is crazy about these 
um, uh, like some of these early albums of these bands, these debuts, like a lot of these guys, like they're not even necessarily musicians. Like, no. These guys are just coming together as friends going, yeah, well, yeah, sure, I'll sing on it. Or yeah, sure, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, no, I'll yeah. learn bass. Or that's, I'll that's, that's, what, more amazing than that is and the it's clothes like, they were proceeding. <laughs> yes, to yes. That's right. You know, these are yes. guys in boas, you know, mm. yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. false eyelashes and God knows jodhpurs. And previously, they've been a bricklayer. But the you fact know, is, like, yeah, yeah. like the David fact, David Bowie's backing band, yeah. you know, famously were just wearing all this eyeshadow and stuff. And yeah, they were literally working his time. But the fact that you can come together and release like a classic out, Lady Tron is one of my favourite songs. Yeah. And uh, Virginia you know, Plain for me, that's my. Oh, um, Virginia Plain's yeah, a great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's my uh, uh, karaoke classic. If you're ever <laughs> get, uh, uh, unlucky wow. enough to be locked I mean, in the a whole album's classic. Uh, for, for, for karaoke. And a great, and great uh, cover as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, now, um, uh, because, because again, what, what I love about them is stylistically consistent, um, but, uh, but there's this avant garde stuff that runs through it. Uh, uh, the saxophone lines mm. uh, are like nothing you've like nothing mm. that a traditional saxophonist would play. Mm. It's, exactly. it's hard to hear a saxophone not and melodic. enjoy the song. You know what I mean? Yeah, Usually yeah, you put yeah, a saxophone yeah. into anything and it's like, oh god, kill me! No, but they get away with it. You know? Well, oh, sax is a, state, that, it's a statement on this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and that's what, and again, what I like about it's like it a lead, is, but it's not even a melodic lead. You no, know, no, God no. It's no, like a statement just of like, weird, weird it's trills. Like a vocal. It's almost like a Yoko Ono style vocal <laughs> yes. explosion. Yeah, at yeah, different yeah, Times throughout yeah, the record. Yeah. yeah, and it changed everything. Huh. That's that's the argument of the importance yeah. of this album, isn't it? Because. Um, you're really at a pinpoint that you know an early part of the '70s mm. um, where music is not really sure what to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. We've had this sort of you know massive explosion in the '60s, and there's a '60s sound, and the yeah. '60s have died. Mm-hmm. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like it died at Ultima and all that. That's the way it was talked about. But at the time, I guess it must have seen a lot like that. You know, you had mm. you, you know, got you got people like Brian Eno mm. coming from this band to go on to do you know incredible electronical work yes, and whatever. Yeah. You got uh, Phil mm. Manzanera, who went on to do s- stuff with, you know, solo stuff, but also stuff with, um, you know, uh, Dave Gilmore and whatever. You've got obviously um, Brian, Brian, Brian Ferry, who went Brian, on to obviously have a very successful solo career, and, and he's or, doing he's doing that double thing, right? Where he's yeah. got his solo career going yeah. one way, and then he's just going, well, no, Roxy Music keeps going on at the same but again, time. But again, mm. I come back to that. The other two guys, but you've got to drive in taxis. You've, <laughs> but you've got these people who come together. Yeah. You know, who are just friends from art school, whatever. Mm. No, you know, they're not like we haven't handpicked these people. No, no. Now, this isn't like some super group who have gone, mm. oh, we'll take him and him and him. Yeah. And yet, you out of that group comes yeah. these talented people who go on to do have their own mm. incredible careers. And, and, and I mean, how influential is Brian Eno in the electronic yeah, scene? Yeah. And like, yeah. him, he, he alone is, you know, incredibly influential. But on so no one knew that at the team. No, no, no. no, no but I'm saying, but no, how do you just, no, how do you just no. get, like, Those you guys together? Mapped out for the, it, but no, I get that. even with yeah. that one album, it changed, like, as you say, glam rock just happened that mm-hmm. night. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. art rock, probably the new romantic phase, which came along later, relied mm-hmm. heavily on the, the yes, ideas yeah, that they, yeah. they did, you know, fashion-wise, if not music. That's it. Um, and so it was, yeah, oh, I'll give it points. But these it, these, these times when you get these guys together in a band like that and they go off to do these incredible, uh, you know, and have prolonged careers and... and mm. Yeah, yeah, so, so you sort of, you very sort of interesting go, work. you go, wow, what, you know, what, what a, drew them together? What sort of luck, mm, you know, that, they, that those guys happen to exactly. be there at art school together. Yeah. 
and they knew the fashion designer who was who you know was their best mate, and so when it, it just suddenly it was like you know, lightning in a bottle and bang. Yeah, incredible. Because because again, uh, uh, going back to our previous discussion about that, I'm not talking about a cultural shift. I'm not talking about a no. reaction of, no. of, of of you know like punk rock. No, no, this, this is, is just a pure art. musical, pure art. a yeah. musical blip where yep. suddenly you know overnight. Yeah. Um, yeah, this uh, is not a. This is a not shift. A, you mean you call it depth? It's not charge, a political you know, statement. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Really aware at the time that mm. that did change the way people thought about the songs that they could create and put it out. Yeah. You've got me, girl, on the run around, run around, got me all around town. You've got me, girl, on the run around, and it's getting me down. If you want to find a lover, then you look no further, for I'm going to be your only searching at the start of the season, and my only reason is that I'm going to get you. Al, did you have a, what was your important album this week? Um, well, I had... You can't see electric whistle. <laughs> Again, three time in a row, no. <laughs> Never before had an album be put out with a single the same name as the band <laughs> and the same name as the album. That's right. People it changed, it changed, changed the scene. Everything. Everything. It changed everything. Um, well, I think Iron Maiden did it. Earlier, with Iron Maiden, oh, Iron Maiden, Maiden, Iron Maiden. <laughs> really? Um, okay. All right. Anyway. Um, Inspiring electric wisdom. <laughs> I, I think I started looking at pairs of albums brought out by an artist. Pairs of albums. Yeah, because I was looking at important albums, and I don't know if they were, like, so I started you've looking. The, you've gone off the brief already. No, no. Well, I started looking at, like, Faith No More, Angel Dust. Right. So that was uh, 92. Right. Okay, so... It wasn't, I think it was like their fifth album or something. Mm. So uh, there were the ones that they had with the other singer. And then there was uh, The Real Thing where Mike Patton came on. Yeah. And uh, the well, single it Epic. Epic. Yeah. yeah, it was Epic. Epic. Um, you know, that went completely ballistic. And so the album was reasonably conventional. They did a couple of strange songs in there compared to the other songs on the album. But then uh, for Angel Dust, it was like this went, you know what? We've done all the popular stuff on the last album. We're just going to go nuts on this one. Now, in between uh, Mike Patton, uh, you know, with Mr. Bungle, released Mr. Bungle's first mm-hmm. um, album. So off the back of that, uh, I think Face No More were going, oh, well, you know, we've got a singer here who's quite versatile. We want to be versatile. And so the range of genres that they covered on Angel Dust was... Similar to uh, the Beatles' White Album, I imagine. Well, it was more like... <laughs> no, no, well, that's the thing. That's what got me thinking well, because... So yeah. It, yeah. No, no, because then it was just like, okay, for, uh, like for uh, a type of band that uh, Face No More was, 
it was quite an eye-opener, I think, for uh, similar types of bands to say, holy shit, yeah, okay. you know, if we want to do anything, we can do yeah. anything if we're capable of sure. it. So Faith No More were capable of doing, you know, hopping genres yeah, within yeah, an album. But in the same way as the Beatles. Well, that's up, a, and that's and that's the thing. For other bands, so, so then it's time to go, we can do that as well. Well, that's the thing. So then I looked it's at... Allowed. So then I went back and looked at uh, Revolver, which I guess was something similar because you look at Rubber Soul just before it, mm. and Rubber Soul was still very conventional. They were very much one genre. They were doing interesting things on it, but nothing compared to Revolver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's not my... It's certainly not my favourite album. I'd much prefer Sgt. Pepper's, but I think when you look at what it did, it was that same type of idea that... This is Kev's just Kev's Lord Kev's just consoling <laughs> a bit. So, um, yeah. just trying to calm him down. That's but I did that same type oh, of thing. It was just like, yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. you can do this, yeah. but look what we just did. You yeah, know, we yeah. started genre hopping, and so then what, you, what you're saying, if I can, what you're getting at is the mm. idea that Faith and More have put on the Beatles of the back time. of off the back of success, <laughs> commercial success with great re great record. Yeah, they brought out something following that up. With the company money, if you like, they yes, probably had you know, which they've just gone great. We can now do whatever we want. Yeah. yeah. So, the, are you getting at the idea that that's an inspirational, artistic message to give out to people mm. who are? Is that well, why I think it's important? It's, is that yeah? Well, that I think your, it's important in saying, like uh, that, the thing, like having the uh, company money behind them allowed them to do something different that they may not have been able to do. Now, it could have been commercial suicide for both bands. Um, and Be and Beastie Boys also did it with uh, Paul's Boutique yes. versus License to Ill, their debut album, which made a shitload of money and typecast them as, you know, frat. It was more puerile. Yeah, yeah, frat, yeah, frat yeah, rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they come along and said, oh, hang on. Like they, you know, there's a collaboration with the Dust Brothers who had, you know, written like half the songs as instrumentals. And they had a big chat and said, no, 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 wait, let's, you know, let's do our stuff on top of what you've already done mm. and we'll do some extra collaboration. But that's the thing, I was like, you know, for the record company, it must have been frightening to go, what the hell are you doing? Because there's nothing like but tell, but tell me, what you've done before. But tell me, did, so, so with Paul's Boutique, right, you see yeah. that, that that just opens up the Beastie Boys to, you, you know, it, 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 the trajectory from on then on is like, wow. Yeah. It was, mm. it was, Same thing it with Faith No More? But it was both did, did more that, artistic well, and more popular, really. It wasn't like it really opened them up both in a popularity sense, but also it was more artistic and more critically acclaimed. So, did, well, so they, in, did, in time, I don't know if at the time, yeah. like, like over time, yeah, maybe, I think yeah. it became so, but at the time people were probably going, well, where's our fight for your right to party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but uh, again, did, um, uh, the record company would be happy with what the Beastie Boys did, but the record company happy Long with term. what... Faith No More did by going that, that more think, experimental? Well, I think long-term. They, they certainly didn't... I don't think they suffered from it. I mean, they could have kept on doing what they did for the real thing, but there would have been probably a natural end to that when people go, that, well, we've heard all of this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's already right? strong competition with like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. How much of that is influence, though? Having, them having seen his Mr Bungle work, him obviously them being able to have a very successful album with him as lead singer, for their mm. first album with him as lead singer. Mm. 
how much of how much pull did he have at that point on the second album to say, look, I want to do a bit more variety, a bit more, you know, like. Well, he did have more pull. Was it a bit of was it a two way thing, or was it more them just going, yeah, now let's use his talents, or was it him going, no, I want to have more variety? I think it was a more two way. Like yeah. from what I've read, yeah. like the first album that he recorded with Face No More was, you know, they had pretty much written the entire album definitely instrumentally. Mm. Uh, they had the bulk of the lyrics ready. Uh, they just needed a singer to do it. So they could have, you know, had him in and then he disappeared again and they mm. find another singer for the next album. Mm. Yeah. But because, okay. you know, he did a good job, they had massive success, and he said, okay, well, look, if we're going to keep going, you know, I want mm. more of a, a role. So. Yeah. And, and I guess you, we can appreciate that because that would be really hard to do rather than going, no, 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 <laughs> we've, we've got a bunch of money mm. and we need a bunch more money by doing the same thing just a bit yeah. better. Yeah. You know, or, or yeah, let's replicate what we just did. Yeah. Pretty pretty ballsy to go, no, 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 let's throw it all away and, and yeah. go over here now. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was like for those three bands, it was like, well, I'm sure it happens with other ones as well. Mm. But it was like that success allowed them to go, okay, instead of replicating that and becoming super rich, mm. we're going to, you know, go 90 degrees and yeah. yes. and do something a bit different. Yeah, cool. Like the Electric Wizard, their second album was the Wizard, <laughs> oh, was the Wizard well, Electric. Couldn't, they couldn't follow well, Wizard Electric was their second up. one. So yes, they Wizard went Electric. Completely. It was the acoustic wizard. Mm. <laughs> well, was it could, couldn't quite follow it up. Yeah. Where they went funk and it was, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. acoustic and funk. And it, was it was the Steam Wizard. Yeah, the steam, it just wasn't yeah right. that's right. Hugely familiar with, but um, I'm going to dive into this anyway. Three Foot High and Rising by De La Soul, um, came out in 1989. Um, last session on important albums, we of course brought up um, Public Enemies, um, It Takes a Nation of Millions, or whatever it was called, I can't mm -hmm. remember now. Um, I think we brought up NWA as well. Yeah, yes. the NWA. Yep. And that was the world into which the Daisy Age. <laughs> um, uh, rappers De La Soul launched their debut album so you can see um, uh, uh, straight off the bat against Fight the Power you've got I Know you know you've got um, uh, The Magic Number you know mm. a host of beautiful beautiful singles gorgeous songs mm. But very laid back. Very this laid is more back. trying to bring it to the masses, almost. Isn't um, it? Well, not to the masses, but like it's trying to bring a different edge to. The it opened it up. I it's think trying it's trying to yeah. tell a similar message, but in a lighter touch. There was a, there was a movement around which was um, nicknamed Afrocentric, 
just slightly after the fact. Um, and you had bands like um, Tribe Called Quest, Rest of Development, you mm. know, and I, mm. I named those two in opposition because I'm a huge fan of um, the Tribe and not so much of the second. And somewhere in between there was a beautiful band called De La Soul that just um, decided to go completely against the success of hip-hop. Like, completely yeah. against mm-hmm. it. Just, like, went straight off in the opposite direction and brought out these peace and loves, um, yeah. peace and love messages. Not to say they were not huge fans of Public Enemy. Um, they weren't all fighting the same direction. They were all um, talking about um, going to the same record shops, even, and getting the same samples and fighting for the same beats. But um, this one broke through. It broke through to an audience, um, probably a white audience, it brought through to an audience that um, wasn't previously feeling as comfortable with um, the messages that they were hearing from uh, people like Easy e and Chuck D, um, for obvious reasons. But um, I think uh, what it did was, um, you know, it, it, just, it just changed the scope of where hip-hop was at. And yeah. it said this can be really, really flexible. Mm. This doesn't have mm. to just go down this channel. Because mm. if you think about it, you're 18, 19... It doesn't, it doesn't have to be angry. It doesn't have to just have be, be violent. And political. It doesn't angry have to be political, yeah. so all in your face. All I can see know. is a bit like, say, um, philosophy or anything else that has movements, like literature, art, whatever you mm. want to call it, any art form has these movements and directions. They're not necessarily um, going against them, each other. Mm. But um, the trajectory was into you know, a gangster violence, you know, towards mm. that kind of, like, yeah. that type of rap where it was, like, um, you know, gun-toting G-Biles and all that, and that had its place. But at the time, you know, the pervasive sound was getting really hard-edged, and um, and these guys just went, now we're going to do something different. But it's yeah. going to be... Mm-hmm. And but forever after, I would, say, mm. I would argue that that was the album that just said, just because this is the successful sound, it doesn't have to be... Yeah. Where everyone has to, yeah. you know, follow. Um, we're over here, we're doing something completely different. Now, the thing I love about these guys is that they've, they've stayed around and they've, they've improved themselves and they've actually become very hard, you know, a, a very much a gangster rap yeah, yeah. like, uh, over time. If you go and see them now and check out their most recent albums, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're, they're getting into some hard stuff. Um, but this was their message back in the day and... Um, yeah, beautiful songs and that just I think we touched on this last time it doesn't really matter how strong your message is if you don't have the hooks yeah, mm, you haven't written right. these tracks that people mm. you know latch yeah. onto but they were complete lunatics as well these kids they were um, they had these crazy names they called themselves Sodness and um, and Plug One Plug Two and it was all uh, they had their own universe I think is what I'm trying mm. to say so mm. it was a very psychedelic thing it was um, it was contained um, you know, it was his own universe, and it and it had you know the guts to just be out there doing the, the opposite of mm. what was popular, and still became hugely successful. Mm. And I would argue it's important, not just on the sense that it broke through for white people, but it also showed um, folk that were into making hip hop that there was just all bets were on the table again, you know. Yeah. Mm. Because if you think about you know the message and the the, the genuine birth of hip hop, maybe. 15 years or something before that mm. you know it's, yeah. it's it's not too much of a difference to get to where um, uh, Public Enemy were in the same year because you've just gone politics and you've yeah, just thrown yeah. a bit more um, heavy bounce on it and yeah. it's just got a bit more attack and a bit, yeah, yeah. you know and it's 
you know, it's, it's all feeding that same dragon. And then all of a sudden, along comes the Daisy Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just think, <laughs> how, how bold, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was quite funny. Uh, I heard a, um, there's this little snippet with some contemporary hip-hop artist, I can't remember who, but they're saying, oh, you know, well, one of the uh, top people has to be uh, Kanye because, you know, before that, you know, hip-hop was all, you know, gangster and it was this and that. And, you know, he was the first to come in and say, right. it can be about peace and love and uh, all this other what? stuff and, you know, put a bit of thought behind it. It's like, so no, Kanye, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, you're in the scene and you haven't, you know, yeah, yeah you're either just saying it to suck yeah. up. That's right. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or wow, you're really ignorant of, yeah. of what's come before. And sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, There's exactly. Right. History, the, the variety, you know, and, 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 and you know, people who are more into that particular genre will be able to pull me apart and say, oh, before these guys, there was these sure. guys. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. There was, yeah. Um, it's just in comparison to what was happening at the time. Mm, but this is the one that's all through. This has just yeah. changed things. Mm. I mean, we, we were in but high school in Scotland to be in the 80s. <laughs> and we're all singing. Yeah, yeah exactly. We've said that in the past. Round and round school. People, I think even some members of the Lords may have even shot me down for this, but to no. be an important album, it has to have reached, you know, it has to have an impact. Like, you can't just be, you can't go, well, I heard this, you know, I, I was the only person who bought this album. Yeah, this artist, therefore it's and important. Therefore it's important. Like, it, you know, it has to have had some impact. And like mm. you're saying, like, the fact that that reached out and found its way into, you know, into Scottish playgrounds, then, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it, it felt... <laughs> I had to fight through a lot of other stuff. Stay nice. Got in there. Yeah. 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 So that's my. That was the one that. Um, yeah. Good one. Cool. Three. That's a magic number. Three. It's the magic number. Three. Somewhere in this hip hop soul community was born three. They stub me, and that's a magic number. Difficult preaching is posthumous pleasure. Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart. Something that stimulates the music in a measure. Measure in the music, racing three parts. Casually see, but don't do like the soul. Cause seeing and doing are actions for monkeys. Doing hip hop hustle, no rock and roll. Unless your name's Brewster, cause Brewster's a punk. Parents let go, cause it's magic in the air. Criticizing rap, cause you're out of order. Stop looking, listen to the phrase of Fred Astaire's. And don't get offended while Mace Dosi does your daughter. A dry camera roll system is now set. Fly around the store under Daisy Productions. It stands for the inner sound. Y'all in your cabet that the action's not a trip, but show me the function. Everybody wants to be a DJ, everybody wants to be an MC, but being speakers are the best, and you don't have to guess. Still, I'm so posse, consist of three, and that's the magic number. I was going to mention, um, and did we mention this last time? Velvet Underground and Nico, self titled album? Don't think so. The one with the banana on the cover, great cover. Mm -hmm. um, I, I won't, I, I was going to say that, I won't choose that as my uh, one for tonight though because we've already talked about Roxy Music and that was that album was highly influential um, to Roxy Music's uh, you know and David Bowie mm. around that era mm. like you talk yeah. about Glam Rock yeah. that was that was you know that, those guys um, was it the banana yeah it's the banana it was a big influence oh. um, so I'm going to go in a completely different way uh, so, so put that out there as a, as a note but I want to go with so you're trying um, to squeeze two in is what you're saying I'm going to squeeze two in yeah <laughs> I'm going to go with Robert Johnson, uh, King of the Delta Blues Singers. And Robert Johnson um, famously did a deal with the devil. That's right. At uh, the crossroads. He went away. He, he was a blues singer, went away for a period, mm. came back a brilliant yeah, yeah. 
finger picking blues guitarist and went on to make a couple of incredible albums and is this a movie that the karate kid did it is <laughs> crossroads yeah crossroads. <laughs> and um yeah well that actually references it and in that, that was movie. an important movie yeah. as well mm. but yeah robert johnson uh it, it, he influenced every blues artist you know from that point on yeah yeah and, yeah. and including into you know what then became rock and roll so you yes. know in, including people like chuck berry little richard that, yeah, those, yeah. those sorts of guys so you know it doesn't get much more important than that album and, and it's interesting that because because you you can't doubt that because you know in that blues revival in in mm. uh england in the mm. late 50s, early oh, 60s. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the that's the records yeah, those guys oh, are buying. Eric, Eric Clapton, there's countless interviews of him talking about yeah. how influential Robert Johnson was on his, yeah, yeah. On his style, yeah. on his playing, on, yeah, just on his career. Uh, you name any you know, blues player. Yes. White or black, you know, yeah. since they all mention Robert Johnson at some point as, as being such an Because influence. that's bizarre in itself. So you're talking about... You know, England in the 60s, mm. some white boys yeah. going, man, we really love this album from the 30s. Yeah, they're looking for mm. Delta you know? Blues stuff. Yeah. And you're sort of going, right. what? Hang on, what? What? How could that happen? How could that guy How could that guy have such a cut through mm. from mm. the 30s, you know? That's it. That that people in the sixties are going, let's get it, let's get this guy, let's get into yeah, this I guess, guy. I guess people were always interested in the history of music. Like, if you're into it, then you start mm. looking back. You That's know, where, where did that come from? Mm. I guess at some point, there had to be one guy. Yeah. And, and yeah. I know that sounds ridiculously yeah, simplistic, yeah, yeah. but there had to be someone mm. who kind of, like, put out the first record. But you're right. Whatever, you mean Adam. He wasn't, right. he wasn't <laughs> yeah. alone, but he became the focal point. Yeah, yeah. but you're right. But he became the, because the figurehead of... You know, all, mm. these, all these 60s bands from from England, you know, and let, let's assume that's where that started. They were looking for American artists, you know, they would they would get the latest records, they'd listen to like the the Amsterdam radio stations to, to listen to like R and B artists from the from the US that were being rebroadcast into Europe. You know, they and they would they would hear the things that were on the radio, but then they would want to delve deeper yeah. and go, well, what else Where's has that person done, yeah. or, or, who, or who? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who influenced that artist? And, and they would just keep going back, and, and eventually sure. it all leads to to Robert Johnson at some point. Yeah. Uh, certainly on the blues side, and so yeah, that's that's my entry. As and, a, and that goes back again to this incredible idea that the poor bastard probably made no money out of no. any of that at oh, all. No, yeah, yet, no money. Yet. I mean, how much money has Eric yeah. Clapton made? Yeah, and, mm. and, Ongoing, I, and you know. had to sell his soul to the devil. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And he should have. Uh, I mean, he should have collected on um, condom sales as well. <laughs> uh, like they ended up getting, you know, uh, over time the language, you know, changes whatever. You know, becoming rubber John, rubber Johnny. So it's just <laughs> rubber John. You know, <laughs> didn't didn't, yeah. I didn't read that entry in Wikipedia. But yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, you know, it's just one of those tragedies. Sure. Yeah. At 
There. Uh, do we want to go around again or do we want to save it for the next time? Yeah, maybe save it for the next time. All right, we'll save it for the next episode. Here's what I've learned mm-hmm. Alan knows way too much about the history of naming of condoms. <laughs> right? That just seems weird. And I can't wait for Kev's group, uh, new hip hop group called the Gun Toting G Bangers. <laughs> That's a great name for your band. Okay. I'm, I'm there. I'm right there for yeah. it. Front row. Uh-huh. Yeah. Brilliant. The Gun Toting G Bangers. That's all we might have team. All right. <laughs> We'll start a we'll start a crowdfunding account to get that off the ground and uh, look a posse funding account. Look for a posse funding. Mm. Account. We'll also be right. doing a, um, a linguistic study to find out what you people mean by England when you keep saying that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, because uh, yeah, that's all just England, isn't it? No, it's, England. <laughs> it's all England, isn't it? Yeah, it's all just after yeah. three after three calls on that, <laughs> I'm forced to say something. <laughs> In one episode, no less. And it's good night from him, and it's good night from me. <laughs> and it's good night from him, and it's good night from me. <laughs> and him. So uh, we'll end it there, and thanks for listening, and join us again on The Lords Aloud. And don't forget to check out our website, lordsofloud.com, and also find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Lords of Loud. Thanks for listening.